The Canadian immigration process can be complex and frustrating. With the Canadian Immigration Department making it virtually impossible to speak to an officer, there are few places to turn to for trusted information. The Canadian Immigration Podcast was created to fill this void by offering the latest on immigration law, policy, and practice. Please welcome ex-immigration officer and Canadian immigration lawyer, Mark Holthy, as he is joined by industry leaders across Canada, sharing insight to help you along your way. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another teaching moment from the Canadian Immigration Institute. I'm here with Cedric Marin, and we are going to talk all about reconsiderations. What do you do when your visa is rejected? So, Cedric, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Mark. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. So, I'll let you guys in on a little secret. Uh, Mr. Cedric here drafted a phenomenal blog post that I want to share from our firm website that really is the foundation for what we're talking about today. But this video is going to breathe a whole bunch more life into this phenomenal little post. So head on over to Holthy Immigration Law, click on resources, and then when you click on resources, you can go to the blog, and this is where you will find this one. My visa application was refused. How can I prepare a request for reconsideration? All right, Cedric. So let's let's kind of give them a little bit of a high level about what we're going to cover today, which is essentially this. So right off the bat, what is reconsideration? Then we're going to jump into whether or not you should even file a reconsideration or just resubmit a new application, how to prepare it when you've made the decision to go forward, some examples, because that always is helpful, Cedric, when people can see what's actually been successful in the past. And then essentially how we can help you in the future if you run into the situation. And the reality is, and you know, I'm sure all the lawyers at our firm, Cedric, can confirm this, we get more requests for this type of a thing than anything else. Because what happens when things go south, when there are problems? Who do they call, Cedric? Who do they call? Yeah, we, we see a lot of requests with individuals coming to us for, for refused study permits, work permits, you name it. Uh, so we try to help them as much as we can. Yep. Exactly. All right. Well, let's jump to number one, which is what is reconsideration? So what is it? Well, a reconsideration request is at the very core, it's going to be a request that you're going to make to IRCC to reconsider your application. So it applies to various applications, a study permit, a work permit, visitor visa. And the idea is to write to the visa officer and say, look, you made a mistake somewhere. Uh, I am eligible. I do have the funds required. There's a mistake somewhere in my application, and I want you to look at why you should grant my visa. How easy is that realistically today? You know, when you think about reconsiderations, and and obviously this is the whole nature of this video. Um, like, how easy is that? How 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 easy is it for an officer to, to even get the request in this current gong show that we call the whole portal Landia? Yeah. So the request to make the request itself, you can submit it by web form. So it's pretty straightforward to make the request. However, what you put inside the request, what you're asking the visa officer to reconsider, what documents, if any, you provide, 
whether or not the visa officer is going to have access to the web form in a timely manner. These are all important considerations in making the reconsideration request. So on at the very start, it may seem very easy to make the reconsideration request, but making a, a good reconsideration request can be a little bit more complicated. And that's a great segue into our next topic, which is in some cases, you know, we've seen like over the last, whatever, 16, however many years of practice I've had, there's been a lot of cases where the person is just done. They've done something wrong and it's the, the refusal is actually correct. And the only option that's feasible is not to request a reconsideration, which essentially confirms the error, but instead refile. So aside from that, you know, what are your thoughts on whether, you know, what are the things that you look at when you're deciding whether or not to proceed with reconsideration or a new application? Right. So when you have a rejected visa or rejected application, you're going to want to look, for example, is there an error in the facts? Is there an error in the law? Um, was this a proper decision? So, for example, we've seen cases where, you know, someone, uh, you know, the rejection letter says you have family in Canada, right? You do not have a permanent, uh, sorry, temporary intent in Canada. You're going to, you're, you might overstay your visa, right? But in these cases, it's, it could not even be true that they have a uh, family members in Canada. So if there's a clear error in the application, uh, I, I would definitely suggest to make a reconsideration request. However, in some cases, you must. it's better to make a new application. You can provide a new evidence, right? New forms, a letter of explanation, trying to, you know, have a, have a good detailed study plan with more evidence to demonstrate how you're going to return at the end of your stay. So it's, um, it, you know, if it's a good decision and it was made with a proper law and facts, it might be best to have a stronger application with more information, with new documents to support your application. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting too, when I think about the decisions that we made in the firm as to, you know, proceeding with reconsideration or just refiling at its very, very core is, you know, how strong that original application was. And, you know, there are even some gray areas where we're like, uh, you know, we could maybe consider reconsideration, but there is some grounds that the officer was correct in making their decision. And the beauty of a new one is that you can specifically address all of those areas of concern that the other officer had when they refused. You can actually address them and, um, and resubmit it fresh to, to a new officer. So there are clear advantages to it and disadvantages, and sometimes it's not so easy because it really turns on the facts. And when we have a world of Chinook uh, or the advanced analytics that IRCC is rapidly rolling out, there are clear, clear indicators of error that can creep in there. Um, you know, I just had a, a consultation with someone yesterday and this is one of those kind of examples that I guess probably makes sense to, to set the stage for even why we're doing this. The person came to me wanting a reconsideration because IRCC did not follow the even basic, basic laws of procedural fairness when they refused. Essentially, they told the person to update their file with certain information and to upload it into their portal. But they never opened up any slots in the portal for them to upload it into. And they gave them 30 days to respond. And so they submitted a web form requesting that they correct that, you know, clear, you know, error um, and to open up a spot for them to upload. But there was no response because we're in crazy, you know, 
Um, no response world for IRCC right now. And so they sent multiple requests. And then eventually they sent all of the information via web form because there was no place to upload it before the 30 days passed. And on the day after the 30th day, they sent a refusal for not responding. So clear, clear evidence to suggest that this is something that would be ripe for reconsideration. And failing that, I can't see any world where it wouldn't, it wouldn't be successful in a judicial review context. But here's the kicker, and this is why it's so important for us lawyers to jump in and be able to dig deeper. They were asking for documentation, and I could see it, that the person actually couldn't provide. And there was even a danger of misrepresentation because the person was alleging that they had a, a sibling in Canada, and the person actually, the brother, was not in Canada at the time in which the application, the APR, was actually submitted. They were in the U.S. They were planning on coming back, but they weren't there. So in this case, and in many cases, reconsideration may be possible, but what happens with the reconsideration request, Cedric, in the, in the context of this? The officer has the ability to consider it or to reject it, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. So in the context of reconsideration, there's no, there's no concrete rules or procedures. So it's very, very relaxed in that sense. And they have a high level of discretion in terms of whether or not they're going to reopen your file and then make a new decision on your file. And the, the, immigra the immigration manuals are very specific to not advise clients when the reconsideration request is being re-examined, uh, more for procedural issues. But all to say is that it's a very relaxed process and you, you may essentially never know if your reconsideration request has been examined uh, in detail. But just, just to add to what you were saying, Mark, just very briefly, when you receive a, a rejected um, application, visa file, work permit, whatnot, there's other avenues as well. So, for example, you did mention on the, the judicial reviews, and this is really like the last resort to, to go to court, uh, to make an application for judicial review, uh, to, to, to argue the facts and say, no, look, in front of a judge uh, as to why your application should be granted. Um, there's also, you can have other appeals as well through the Immigration Appeal Division. So there are other options. Today, we're just focusing on the reconsiderations, but there's going to be many different blogs that we're actually developing right now that are looking at all the different aspects for refusals. And what we do uh, with, with our clients, Mark, and as you know, um, we really look at why the application was rejected and how can we overcome it. So we, if we're going to submit a new application, we're going to work really hard to to have all the, all the points and um argue in favor of our clients to make sure that everything is, is, is really strong with supporting documents. Um, if we go with the reconsideration, the same thing, right? Uh, we're going to show clearly that there's no family in Canada. This rejection letter on family in Canada does not make any sense. And we're going to try to argue it. But with the application process, a new application process, uh, our clients um, will have procedural fairness. The officer must evaluate this application, obviously, within a, within a period of time and delays and whatnot. But the officer has to seriously look at this request. And if you're making a new application and that gets rejected again, well, we're going to have a very good base to seek judicial review. We're going to have all the information, all the facts was in front of the decision maker. And uh, it could make a great file for judicial review in, in, in some cases. So essentially, we as immigration lawyers have a few tools in our toolbox, right? And depending upon which tool we use and which one we pull out really is determinative by the facts of your situation, your file, and uh, your, your circumstances and the nature of the refusal. So there's a whole host of different things at play. But one thing is clear, Cedric, 
The quality of of reconsideration request has a direct impact on the likelihood of success of that request. So not all requests are are created equal. And just simply sending a a, a web form request online that says, please reconsider your refusal, and then that's it, um, probably is going to have less of a chance of being successful than one that we put together where we filled in all the gaps, addressed any of the alleged concerns in the original refusal, and then supported it with the essential supporting documents. So let's jump into the third area, which is how to prepare a successful request. Absolutely. So this is really uh, a step-by-step. So the first step is you're going to want to get all the documents that you submitted as part of your application, right? So um, you you might have submitted your application a few months ago and not exactly remember what you submitted, but really have have your have all those forms ready all the supporting documents all your letters and look at the same documents that the visa officer was looking at when they rendered their their decision right and there we go the very first step um the second step you want to take is whether or not to request uh your visa notes the gcms notes uh sorry the notes of the officer the gcms notes through an access to information request through an atip request so in this case, you're going to send a, a notice. However, if you're not a Canadian citizen, you're not physically present in Canada, you cannot send any of tip requests. They're not going to let you. So definitely something that we can do uh, on your behalf. Um, but in short, the, the ATIP request uh, is going to give you essentially all the, the information that the government has for your visa application. Uh, and it might have, in some cases, has more information. It says rejected because family members in Canada, because of this, because of that. In some cases, there's nothing. There's nothing more than the letter that was provided to you. Right now, there's very big delays with the ATIPs. So we, we kind of, we're kind of saying, you know, do your reconsideration request on the information you have. Uh, at the same time, ask for an ATIP. When the information comes in, if there's anything new, you can consider to making a second reconsideration request. Because a lot of times, you know, you have your, your study, your school year is coming up. You want to get the studying. You don't have time to wait 90 days to, to resubmit an application. But we could definitely talk more in detail about when to make it, when to make consideration the atip you can do both at the same time and redo it it's uh, it's really up to you on on your personal situation and cedric um i think it was last year myself and my fellow table officers uh, with the cba we had a meeting with immigration and we talked about those refusal letters and they wanted our opinions and our thoughts on the nature of the letters, everything from the details, what were contained in it. And so we provided some fairly substantial feedback to them on the challenges that exist when they don't give proper reasons in a refusal letter. And so like you had alluded to, often if you do have the time and ability to request the, the notes, um, the actual GCMS notes, then sometimes little nuggets are revealed in that process that weren't in the letter that then helps you to really address what the actual concerns of the officer are. So something to, to consider for sure. All right. So now I think we're on to the third step. The third step is, is definitely an important one. How to draft, how to prepare, how to write your reconsideration request, right? So um, it can take, as you mentioned, Mark, if you just say, please reconsider, you know, I should get my study permit. Uh, you know, I applied months ago, I'm waiting, it's, you're not going to go anywhere, right? So, so we have here a few tips and a few things you should focus on. So very, the first thing you should do is why are you contacting IRCC, right? Well, I'm making a reconsideration, but more importantly, what do you want, right? I want my reconsideration. I want my work permit to be approved. This is why I'm writing to you, right? And you're going to follow this with why should it be approved? So here we have factual errors and we have legal errors. So factual errors, right? You could you could think, for example, they say 
you've been rejected because you have family, you have significant ties to Canada, right? Meanwhile, you don't have anyone in Canada, right? They made an error on the facts, right? On the facts of your personal file. You could also think here in the blog, talk about the nationality. If you have a, a different nationality uh, and they reject you or different requirements on the facts, right? So look at the facts, look at the letter and uh, and make sure that, uh, that the facts are correct. We've also seen, for example, <laughs> so eccentric. <laughs> this is this is awesome. This is awesome. Everybody has their pets, and apparently, when my daughter comes home, and I'm so sorry to cut off. Yeah, here, that's fine. I have to speak about the dog in the room here. <laughs> my dog likes to sit up here on the window, and uh, at this particular situation, my daughter came home, and he wanted no part of staying up there. So either he was going to be crawling over top of me, or I was going to break down rudely, interrupt you midstream, and help him to exit the uh, his little. His little covey here that he hangs out in. So sorry, Cedric. Back on track. This is the reality of our firm, right? Like we have all kinds of things going on in our lives, and um, yes, even even dogs that are a part of this whole venture. So all right, I'll turn it back. No, to for you. sure. I mean, we're, we're a virtual law firm, which is fantastic. You know, to work with clients abroad, right? I mean, we are 100 set up to to work with clients uh, all around the world. Um, in any event, talking about the factual errors. Um, talking about factual errors such as, you know, family in Canada, but we've also had some clients where they have 10 times the amount of sufficient funds in cash, in their account, and they get rejected for sufficient funds, right? So obviously there's a factual error there and you're going to want to make that very clear. In my application, I provide a bank statement. I have X amount of funds. I've had this for many years. Uh, you know, I meet the sufficient funds. Please, um, please help me get that. Um we also, so this is the factual errors. Going on to the legal errors. Legal errors might be a little bit harder to spot in the actual um, in the actual rejection letter. Um, you can think, for example, you know, we have a few examples here inside the blog, but you can think, for example, you don't need a legal requirement, although you met it. So, for example, you think of, um, you know, they ask you to get a police certificate. However, you don't actually need a police certificate, right? So you never provided one and you reject your application. So that would be a legal error. They made a mistake on how they applied the law. Again, a little bit harder to spot. We would work with you to try to identify any legal errors um, to make sure that everything was done, was done properly. Um, you can provide additional information in your request, additional evidence. However, you should also consider whether or not it's better to just make a new application. As we've talked about, you know, the web forms, the reconsideration request sometimes um, this is better placed in a new application. Lastly, and this is arguing completely, uh, you know, this is, you know, if the, if the decision is right in facts and the decision is right in law, there's very legal, there's very little legal merit to your applications, right? If they correctly submit your application. However, you may want to consider any compelling reasons outside of your control. So with COVID, with, with family members being sick, with, with very different situations, in some cases, you're, you're not able to meet requirements of the ERPA. You're not able to submit documents. You're not able to do certain things in the 30-day period. So if you have any compelling reasons, definitely add it. I would focus on ones that are outside of your control, but this is highly discretionary. There's no legal basis for them to say yes or no based on, on the hardship you experienced. And lastly, it goes without saying, be courteous. I mean, obviously you want this to be approved. Obviously, you know, you want to come to Canada, but, um, you know, don't be mean in your reconsideration request. We've mentioned they have a high level of discretion. Uh, you know, if you're rude in your reconsideration request, it definitely uh, does not help you. Be kind. Be kind. Um, the very last step is obviously submitting it. You're going to submit it by web form. Um, you know, we, we 
we suggest to submit one one reconsideration request if there's new evidence you know after the ATIP and whatnot you can submit a second one but it's generally not a good approach to submit you know 10 reconsideration requests uh it's just gonna it's just gonna commit back backlogs sorry there's no fees for the reconsideration request there we go yeah and that's what i was gonna say like in our current world right now individuals get very frustrated because it can take up to a month for them to add anything to a file and when it comes to reconsideration even in the context of a of a positive situation, um, it can take up to a month before you even get an acknowledgement. And um, it's, you know, over the next few months, and we're recording this in, in 2022 in June, um, you know, they are, everything is a mess within the the, uh, the immigration processing and their backlogs of requests, just with people who are, who have applications that are stalled out. So trust me, reconsideration request ranks pretty low on their priority scale. So you need to be patient. And like Cedric said, making the same request five times in some instances, and often it's not going to get a faster result just because of the multiple requests. So, yes. Yeah, so the, I mean, the next thing to, to discuss is, is, you know, the successful examples or consideration requests. So we have, we have two examples here on the blog. I've, I've spoken about some, but, you know, lack of funds. You've, you've, well, there we go. We have the slide. Examples of successful requests. So we've already talked about a few successful examples. We have some on the blog that talk about, you know, lack of funds. Um, you know, another one is the failing to provide additional documents as requested by SRC, but you never got the letter. They never actually sent it to you. Obviously, this assumes that you have the correct address and contact information, right? But, you know, mistakes do happen, right? So this would be another example where you would make a reconsideration request. Um, another another example, um, we could talk about unsuccessful reconsideration requests. I think that would be very, very useful. Sometimes you learn as much from the failed attempts as you do the successful ones. Yeah, and, you know, we've, you know, we've seen some cases where you're missing your language test by, by five points. Right, language test. You have to meet a certain level, a certain points, and you've missed it by five points. Well, you've missed it. Um, you know it's harsh, but uh, you know where do they, where do they draw the line? Right? When does it become five points, ten points? So I, IRCC tend to be very, um, very um, like they, they 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 have requirements for a reason, and they and they want you to meet these requirements for certain programs. So you know if you're missing by five points, and you know you get your rejection letter, and you redo your test, and you resubmit it. It's not going to work, right? You, you need to have you need to be eligible before you apply. The time that you apply, so that would be an example of an unsuccessful reconsideration request. And I can give a hypothetical to Cedric if I carry forward that example of the the client who really would have been entitled to a reconsideration on procedural fairness grounds, um, but ultimately, in the context of their express entry, they were sitting at you know about four hundred ninety CRS points when they were drawn. The pass mark was uh, was 478. And so, okay, well, the problem was because the sibling may not have been in Canada, the, the there would have been a loss of 15 points. And so if the IRCC you know reviewed things correctly and the person no longer got the points for the sibling, that 15 points would have dropped him below the pass mark at the time in which he received the ITA, which was 478 it would have dropped him down to 475. And so everything very quickly unraveled. So yeah, you have to really, really dig deep. And, and that's, you know, for all intents and purposes, that's what we do as lawyers. And, and they weren't volunteering anything in my discussion. I, I put on my, my old officer hat and started digging and realized, okay, this is what's really happening in the background. I think they just didn't want to go through the hassle of disproving your sibling points. And it was easier just to say you didn't respond than it was to challenge you. 
because passport, travel, you know, records, Canada-US border, everything is visible and they could easily see. All right. Last one right here. So Cedric, how can we actually help people if we haven't already done that now for free, but how do we help people? What's the process for us? Yeah. So, um, you know, it all starts with consultation and during the consultation, we're going to talk about your rejection letter. We're going to talk about the documents you provided and we're essentially going to look at to see whether or not there's any basis to make the reconsideration requests. Um, and we're also going to evaluate whether or not there's other recourses, right? Should we go with the appeal? Should we have the judicial review? Should we reapply? And if we go with the reconsideration route, we're actually going to help you um, prepare your consideration request. We're going to argue it on your behalf. Uh, we're, we're going to help you submit it to IRCC to have the most, you know, the best likelihood uh, of succeeding. This being said, you can also do the reconsideration request at the same time that you submit a new application. So when we work with clients who already been rejected, we're really going to work hard to overcome the reason for the rejection. We're going to, we're going to reach out for more letters of support. We're going to provide more documents. We're going to provide more arguments as to how we meet this requirement to get your visa, your application and whatnot. So it's, um, we, we, so for example, take the work permit as an example, we have to prepare the whole application for the work permit. And then we're going to go above and beyond to work with you to understand your situation and whether it's, whether it's drafting a letter of explanation, whether it's getting more documents from the employer to really overcome what the problem is with your first application. And, uh, you know, in some cases we can, we can be successful and it can be granted on the second. On some cases, no, it might still get rejected, but we're going to have a really good file if you want to go to judicial review, if you want to go to court um, to argue that, you know, you meet the requirements. So um, these are the services we offer. We, we, we offer, um, yeah, essentially full reviews, Mark. Well, I guess the one last piece of advice I would give people is please, please, please don't wait until reconsideration to reach out to us for assistance. And, uh, but if that's the case, just like always, we're here to help. Thanks a lot, Cedric. That was a pleasure, Mark. Take care, everyone. Grace.
Yeah.